here we are, hitting up events, drinking our way through Chicago beer, and trying not to miss a thing. Yeah, because, you know, got a cork popped out, boom, it flies like fucking 10 feet. We're like, yeah, let's do it. You know, all you have to do is add some fruit, stir it up, and ride that milkshake wave. Whenever I see him, I gotta take a photo with the most decorated brewer in Chicago, Jonathan Cutler. It'll be like the stuff you hear. You ever go to every time you go to Floyd's, all the music sounds like this. Raw, raw, raw. Sometimes you want a small beer, but really, you want a big beer. You gotta take in all those big aromatic hops. Hey, what are you doing this weekend? Waiting in line for a bottle release? You should have never been a fad. The Black IPA is delicious. Hey, and welcome to Chicago Beer Pass. I'm Brad Chmielewski. Brad, what's up, man? I'm Nick White. And we got our first guest in the studio here, right? Yeah, our first Oh, no. Second. Second. So, uh, around the bend, Dan was our first guest. That's right. That's true. But I'm the more continuous guest, right? She's she's leaning into that championship of, like, being the most, the return guest. Yeah. If you don't, if you're not watching the video and you listen to audio, it's Afro Beer Check. Hey. <laughs> it's me. Welcome yeah. back, Shalonda. Welcome. How are you? I'm great. No buzz, but I'm great. Oh, oh nice. I got, I got to catch up then. Uh, I am not going to catch up drinking fader. I'm not going to get That would take a lot of fader. Yeah, Very fast. A lot compared to what we drink Shotgun right a few faders and just go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, maybe for the last time ever, we're drinking fader on this show. Fader is fading away. Yeah, we heard some news, some sad news last night that Fader is leaving. We did not buy. You didn't buy enough Fader. It's not your fault. And it's it's gone. Yeah. Not mine, but oh yeah. So any Fader that's currently out there is yeah. like the last run. We saw cans at the uh, Half Acre Brewery that you know they still gotta. They're not just gonna get rid of those cans. They gotta fill them up and get yeah. rid of the beer. Yeah. You know, I would see this beer. It's the only Half Acre beer. Well, I saw Bodum on at billboards too. But Fader just felt right at festivals, you know, at stadiums, you know, just as a casual beer for all occasions. Yeah. You know, I, so I'm slightly disappointed that Fader is, is leaving. Right. Are you really? I'm, I'm being for real. I'm but, being for real. Because from Half Acre, since they're such a hot forward brewery, the fact that they led with this Fader as one of their flagships, I thought was like a, a nice nod to them just trying to be a, a can that you can find everywhere in Chicago. How many times did you buy Fader? <laughs> I think Brad, Brad, uh, I thought Loose Keys brought up a good point last night when we were at Half Faker. He's like, listen, the reality is if you see Fader next to Bodum, you're always going to get Bodum. Yeah. And I think that's what the people have decided as well. So. And so Fader's getting replaced with a, a lime lager. Um, green Torch. Green Torch. Green yeah. Torch, that's right. And <laughs> the old we were green talking torch. to uh, the hospitality person about this, and she was saying that. Was it Katie? I believe it was Katie. Yeah. Uh, she was saying that. They looked for what was like a hole in their lineup and a hole in the market. Uh, breweries do lagers, and there's breweries that do better lagers. Like, Fader is great, but there are better lagers. Um, so and then, you know, part of the issue, we were, you know, we were at Rev today. Part of the issue is, I think, you know, whether you're on the AB side of distro or the Miller side of distro, you know, a craft lager is, isn't going to make its way too far in a distribution chain, right? Because oh, most right. distribution chains are dominated by uh, Miller or Bud. So the first thing they're going to push, no matter how good your lager is, the first thing they're going to push is fucking a Miller uh, or a Bud product. That's true. You know? 
Right. And if you're at the point where you're deciding just the macro lager, are you going to be like, Fader? Like, would Fader stick up there with, like, a Miller Lite if you're just, like... I mean, right. for, I mean, I mean there's, there's, there's room if, for that. If you're at, like, a, ga- a game and you're just, like, getting it, de- Miller Lite. it depends on where you are in your beer drinking phase. Like, for instance, like, if I was to go to somewhere and they had Miller Lite or Fader, I'm going to go with Fader. But versus someone who's not into... Mm-hmm. Craft brewery, yeah. you know, they may go with metal light. So it depends on what type of beer drinker you are. Beta Brow had the same fate. Beta Brow would go hustle and get all these bars to agree to buy their beer. The fucking, um, the, the, the distributor rep will come down and he say, listen, I know you agreed to buy this Beta Brow, but I got this left-hand Pilsner and I'll give you triple the left-hand Pilsner For if you don't buy the Beta Brow. And then he's like, well, fuck it. You know, I'll yeah. get, you know, which they're not supposed to do. I mean, but you yeah. know what I mean. But that, this is the world we're in. Yeah. So that that's the kind of shit you're seeing in the mm-hmm. lager game. So Half Acres doing this lime lager. This will be their first fruit adjunct kind of IPA lager. Any they don't they never did anything like this before. They did it in their stouts, right? Now, what did you guys think about? This was the pilot run, so it's a it's a trial version of the Green Torch. But the, it's pretty close to what it's supposed to be. Okay. Right. Yeah. Um, it, it was fine. Like I had the one or actually I only had half of one cause it warmed up too much. Yeah. And yeah. Like... <laughs> so, okay. So in all fairness, we ended up doing a tour. So we had to set our beers to the side, but by, by the time we got back to it, it had warmed up. So for me, I said that it gave me apple juice vibes. Um, I, it was like you said, it was fine. But they, in their defense, they did say that they were still tweaking it. So right. I would like to see what that. And we messed is. up. It, like I was really enjoying it yeah. until it's, I yeah. wasn't drinking it. Yeah. And so then so I came the, so back. The jury's, and, the jury's still out. So right, we haven't. We, we didn't, need to we go back and revisit. So I'm going to give it. A, it's not a fair assessment right now. Yeah, we didn't give it a, its proper. We didn't give it a proper taste. But um, it's going to be year round. It's not even like you think lime lager. You think summertime. Yeah. Exactly. But it's going to be year round. Yeah, I give Half Acre a lot of credit, man. They keep it moving. You mm-hmm. know. Whether it's Fuzz Country or Waybird or Fader, which right. doesn't seem like it's that old, or fucking Green Torch is coming out, they do not. They don't play any games. They don't waste time. It's it's go. Right. It's green light go. And you mentioned the Waybird, which that's a new beer from Half Acre that's uh, going into the year-round lineup, and that's what this event was. We were there last night, the three of us, and just checking that out and checking out the brewery. Yeah. Six and a half percent, right? Hazy IPA. Yeah. You, you know, so you get to Half Acre and they have their glorious wood centric tap room. And this party, when you walk in, you hang a right and go directly into the brewery. Right. Where the big hugs party should have, could have been. <laughs> should have been? <laughs> Both. Both should have and could have been. Should have, could have. We showed up early, you know. Yeah. Should have, could have. We showed up early. Um, <laughs> us being the official, unofficial Half Acre podcast, we were very excited to be at this fucking thing. Yeah. Um, we uh, got our first pour out of the can. They give you cans. They give you wristband. They give you cans of Waybird. Right. Koozies. Um, yeah. Six, 16 ounce cans, but it'll be in 16 and 12 ounce cans. Okay. I mean, they set it up for this release party, which honestly, I was a little bit shocked because, again, I have, this is my first party I've, I was ever invited to for us. Half acre, and I guess I wasn't really expecting this. I mean, for me, I thought that this is something I would have expected for like a Bendit Grow Lab, something like one of the bigger releases. But I can kind of understand in a sense why they did that because it's their first hazy IPA. But yeah, I mean, it was a fun time. You know? So, what are the flagships now? We we talked about this there. I know, well, the, the top of the food chain is Daisy Cutter, mm-hmm. Daisy Cutter. quickly followed Boda. by Bodum, yeah, which and is then, now. 
also would also now Waybird, which is a all year round. Waybird is year round and pony pills. And pony pills. Yeah. yeah. So that, And then that's... they said Green Torch was year round, but that doesn't make sense. I feel like it's still one of the seasonal year round seasonals. Yeah. So there's year round. Maybe we were mishearing. No, they did say it was going to be a year round. Yeah, they said Green Torch was cuz Fader was a year round and now Fader's out and Green Torch is in. Yeah, mm-hmm. it was replacing it with as Green a, Torch. as a year okay. round. Yeah. I mean, you know, things get, you know, this is a five o'clock start, right? No one's had dinner yet. So things get a little hazy. You right know, off this, work. <laughs> this, is, this, is, this is drunk history version of the Haymarket, uh, the, the half acre way, Waybird release. You mm-hmm. know? Uh, I only had one Waybird that whole night for that party. Uh, yeah. I ended up going to that Phase Country next. Uh, Fuzz Country. Fuzz, Fuzz Country. Fuzz Country, a new uh, winter release. No. So, no? Was it? it came after the. 10, which was their winter IPA. 10 was a winter IPA, and Fuzz Country is a wheat, I think it's like a wheat pale. Yeah, maybe it's... Now, I did enjoy the Fuzz Country. It was a very easy sipper. It was... It was uh, Clean and crisp. Yeah, it was good. You know, it's funny about going back to the Waybird. I, I enjoyed the flavor of Waybird, drinking it out the can, and I was questioning whether, like, how hazy is this? Because it didn't taste particularly juicy. Yeah. But then we saw people walking around with can- with with uh, with glasses. glasses of it, and I'm like, oh, this is definitely a hazy beer. So it's it's Half Acres take on a hazy where it's um. I wouldn't say it's necessarily juicy like you know hazies to be. It's it's cloudy like a hazy, right. but I think it kind of drinks more like a. Um, uh, an IPA that's hazy. Like yeah. You got to flip the word. Like it's not a, a alarmist. A, Juice and it's not, it's, it's not hazy in the sense that we know hazies to be locally. It's yeah. not old Irving. It's not alarmist. Yeah, but it's, Tim did say they did that intentionally. Yeah. So like, if you were, if you hadn't had this conversation with Half Acre, you'd be like, okay, this is this really a hazy? But he did say they did that intentionally, so it wouldn't be like overly juicy. So when you go to drink it, you get the layers of the flavors, but it's not like you're drinking orange juice. Yeah, exactly. You get a lighter body you know and you get you get good flavors it almost seems closer to uh the neon bear mm. from goose island like that's, that's they they call it a hazy but yeah it's sort of just an ipa i'm starting to think that hazy is just a name because we're starting to see hazy well you can't call it a cloudy ipa we talked about this last night you can't call it a cloudy ipa because no one's going to buy a cloudy ipa so it has to be called a hazy ipa but we're starting to see the hazy as a category just kind of taper off and just be more um, more practical, right? More drinkable. Like I could drink a couple of these Waybirds. I mean, how many? As much as I love Beezer, uh, am I gonna drink it with food? Am I gonna go back for a second and third one? Right. You know, even if even if it's good, it's kind of dense. You know. That's true. So, but it was a it was a good night there. We got uh, the tour. We learned about an event coming up in the spring that they have a a sticky bock, a stick bock, uh, a spring sp- bock, spring bock. I think it's sticky fat. Wasn't that a restaurant? No, <laughs> sticky fat is the uh, black IPA. It's the oh, yeah. um, it's their version I of think uh, it was sticky rice. Oh, sticky rice. Yeah. yeah. Okay, a spring bock. A spring bock. Yeah. Shout out to sticky fat though. Probably the greatest black IPA there ever was. <laughs> you know, because it was their version of a harvest ale, but it was a black IPA with fresh hops. Yeah. Um, spring bock, and this beer, this this event's going to be called. Uh, Half acre beer time, I think it's called. Just kind of like a classic, isn't that what he said? Something like that. It's yeah, it was like some sort of spring party. That's yeah, basically a, a. So box are traditionally uh, a lot of people brew box to welcome the spring. 
you know, like Capital up in Wisconsin. They they brew this Bach. They throw this huge party out in the forest. And, you know, it's kind of like a Bach is a beer you brew to, to welcome the change of seasons. Mm -hmm. So from winter to spring. So okay. this is like a classic. This is going to be a classic German beer party right. in the spring at Half Acre. Post St. Patrick's Day. So is this like their version, another version of Far and Away? Far and Away? Uh, no, there's all like local. Because Far and Away was the like... The breweries far and away. These are all going to be local people, right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, far and away was like their version of like getting all their cool friends from out of state to come all be together at one party. Yeah, that was a fun party. Yeah, yeah, it was. Um, what other random things did we learn that night? Oh, Half Acre was the first craft brewery in Illinois to can beers. The first one to do sixteen ounce cans, yeah. and the first one to do the tech pack uh, snap top thing whatever yeah man um gabriel gave the tour the founder of half acre gave the tour of half acre which was pretty amazing we never saw that um you know so cheers to him uh yeah and he talked about their journey from wisconsin where they used to contract brew and people made fun of them to going over to lincoln where they were doing like fifteen thousand barrels a year to this place where they're doing closer to 60 which is on par with what Goose Island was doing at full. 15 years ago. Exactly. When yeah. the Half Acre started. Yeah. So, you know, we just get to see this Half Acre journey, and, and Gabriel's kind of telling you, like, these are the things we've noticed along the way. And he's leading us through this tour. I like the phrase barley tea that when he describes oh, yeah. it. <laughs> he describes it more. I was like, I was my man like, what the hell is Barney? Like, once got to talk, I'm like, okay, now I'm following you. You gotta let him cook. Gabriel was Gabriel was a fun tour guide, man. You know yeah. that was that was pretty cool. Oh, um, the thing, my big takeaway was that, um, you know, so Gabriel got his start in Colorado, and he was, I think, he was blowing glass, and he was making these glass. He was blowing glass, and he would trade glass uh, with, with the Avery crew. with Avery for beer, and then he says something like, "Hey, you don't have to." Uh, you know, your personal life and your professional life don't have to be separate. They can all be one. Mm -hmm. And he kind of figured that out. And he was an art student and how art and, and beer were always kind of the connection. You know, being an art forward brewery was all was the focus from day one. And that was something I remember him saying at the fucking... Uh, Way bird of that. Yeah. So that was dope, man. Yeah, yeah. it was cool. Cool. And then we closed out the night drinking some Benthic. We had... Uh... <laughs> Wait, Cherry Benthic. Cherry Benthic. So, you know, and we talked about this, man. Uh, shout out to the whole Half Acre crew. We yeah. had a good time, man. Uh, Gabriel, Kevin, Heather, you know. We, we one of the guys that just started who uh, used to be a tuber player. Oh, oh, wait, wait, wait. No, let me speak on this. Let me speak on this one. So, Chicago Beer Pass is out here changing lives. So, someone by his, I think his name is Kevin. Um, okay, I, well, if I got your name wrong, I'm sorry. It's been a, it's been a, it's been a week. this young man walked up to Nick and Brad. And said basically that he became he started working in beer in Chicago because of them. So Chicago beer pass is out here changing lives. Like right. so, congrats to you guys. Yeah, you know, I tell you, the 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 doors to the church of it's Brad always, Nick are always open. Are always open. Can I get an amen? You know. Yeah. Amen. Amen, sister. Amen. Um, so he was a tuba player, yeah. and now I he, thought he was fucking with. He us. can basically now he makes money. And he could do tuba on the side. Yeah. <laughs> he can drink beer, make money, and still play his tuba. So you guys Thanks are to out us. here multitasking people's lives. It was fun. Congrats yeah. to you guys. It was a good I'm night. I'm so happy for you. Yeah. Um, the other bit of news we did here then was uh, On and On. On and On time. Part 3. So three and 4. 3 and 4. So uh, Part 1 was the uh, the epic fucking rye 
barley wine. No, rye porter. The first one was a rye imperial rye porter okay. at, at Revolution. The second one was the barley wine at half, which was half acre. Which was one was better than two. One well, I thought I enjoyed one better. Two uh, two got better after like six months. Okay. Then I thought it was two was really good. Okay. I, you know, it was so funny because I was having a conversation tonight with the Rav guys, and I have to be honest, that the Rav's version was my favorite. Because because we all know it was a porter, right? And we also know that I don't dig porters. Well, it, was imper- not, it was imperial porter. I'm, well, again, I don't dig porters. I'm not into porters. So for me to say, oh, this shit was good, I was really digging it. I was telling the crew that I thought um, the barley wine, the, the half-acre version, had a ton of heat when I first had it. Yeah. You know? And then it, it kind of tapered off after a while. And then it was just, the second time I had it, it was just really fucking money. Yeah. So, but yeah, it took, it took, it was a slower build to, for me to get into it. Um, in comparison to the Rev one, like got, out, right out the gate, it was like, it was there. <laughs> from shit. fucking, the, the minute you open it, you're like, oh shit, this is great. Nice. <laughs> Pillowy, spicy, yeah. fucking, yeah, it was good. Cool. Uh, and then you two were at Rev. Just mm. now, because this new, uh, the last Deep Woods of this series, this set, this the season, yeah, yeah, season. The one. yeah, so until we, the summer one comes out, right? Yeah. Until the summer, so the Deep Woods season, uh, 2022 2023 season ends today with the release of uh, Double Barrel VSOJ and Boss Ryeway, okay, yeah, the return of Boss Ryeway, right? Yeah, yeah. In, was it always in the French oak? Or was I it just don't oak? Think it, no, I think it was... I don't think so. Because Boss... Well, Boss Ryeway refers to uh, whistle pig Boss Hog. And Boss Hog is a bourbon, I thought. So, I'm not really sure. Because there was the Boss Hog version. Well, once you get into... <laughs> and once you start including the fucking... Uh, the beers on draft. Yeah. yeah. There's so many different variants on the Boss brand. But in cans, it was always Boss Ryeway, right? Mm-hmm. And then Boss and Boss was always Whistlepig, uh, Boss Whiskey Barrel. Because I think on the bourbon side, we did a show with the Boss... With the Whistlepig and the Raft. Yeah. Hmm. Any good variants then? Oh, man. Okay, so... I went around asking people what was their favorite, and the consensus the consensus was the apple brandy. For me, I want to go with the double barrel VSOJ because of the fact that it wasn't like overly sweet, and I, I don't know if it's my older age. Uh-huh. <laughs> but yeah, um, so far the consensus was everyone that I asked was the apple brandy. Nice. Yeah. So Abby was great to me. Yeah, and the um, you know they had the the the. The, the bar with all the all the variants pouring, but in the back they had two special variants. Okay. They were both uh, single barrel. One was a uh, Riders Reserve Apple Brandy. The other was Riders Reserve Single Barrel. So basically, a Pappy Van Winkle version and a Apple Brandy version. Nice. Yeah. So you were saying that it was packed for this release this time. It's crazy. So like I had gotten there like right before Nick. And we was, well, actually, we kind of got there at the same time. And he was like, and he's driving up, he's like, man, this line. And then the dealership, which is on uh, Kazi, the line was to the dealership. Uh, probably like 200 people in line. It was crazy. And then they can only fit how many? 280. Because when I was, oh, sorry, when I was in, I asked, I was talking to Josh Deeth and his wife, and I said, what's the capacity 
of the of your place, and it was like two hundred and eighty. So like Did people you were, double that on the side. Then. Yeah, yeah. Pe people were literally waiting to get in. I haven't seen Rev this busy since. You remember the opening event for Rev? The closing ceremony to Chicago Craft Beer Week one year was the opening to Rev Kedzie. Okay. And it was a Sunday, and it was nuts. And that's the I haven't seen that many people at Rev since the opening. Okay. Because uh, man, it was a few times ago I went, and it was at capacity, but it was like five people in line, sort of thing. Oh no, this wasn't it. This shit ran damn near to the Jewel Osco parking lot. Like it was, it was really intense. So he had to leave out, <laughs> and by the time, because you know, take care of something. But when he came back, there was still a line. So I got there at 2, and that's when you had the crazy line. I got back maybe for, I don't know, 4.10, and still a line. So I needed help getting in both times. Yeah. So why, what made this one, I guess, so special? Or why is, why is everyone at this one? Well, like, it's, it's, it's just, it's just it's I last. think it was the Pappy Barrels with the double pair of VSOD, and then you have the apple brandy. So I think it was a lot more than one. So when I went around and I was just taking videos and asking people what – what brought you here? And a lot of people was like, oh, it's the apple brandy. And like, that was like the biggest one that, that was the biggest draw for a lot of people. But then you have people say, hey, I wanted to taste the Pappy Barrel. So I think that was the huge draw to get people in. Hmm. I think a lot of, I think the word is out on how insanely good Double Barrel VSOJ is. Really? I think the word is out on it. Yeah, even from, um, you know, we ran into, I ran into Josh Deeth a little later and he was saying like, um, man, you know, we got the most wanted can in the world. That's true. This, you know, today it'll be different. It'll be different next week, but uh, you know, enjoy this because you know you see all these people. It's a packed house. There's a hundred motherfuckers outside. He's like, we have the most wanted beer in the world today. That's crazy because before that event, there's probably like twenty people that have tried this. But let me tell you this: I had people hitting my inbox in my Afrofutric email and my. And my AG, okay? And I'm not selling it, Ralph. So I just want y'all to know this. I'm not selling it. But say, hey, I know you get a Revolution's beer. And these are people who are like out of state. And I was like, look, I'll pay you $200 just for the The word is out. I think yeah. the secondary value on this beer, for whatever reason, the secondary value on this beer just kind of shot. Mm -hmm. The trajectory was really high. And people got excited about it. It's crazy. Yeah. And to your point, it wasn't, it's not really like, it wasn't even like this for VSOJ. Yeah. You know, it's pretty nuts. But huh. um All right, well I'm excited uh, to try it here. You've already you've both already dived in. I mean yeah. I mean for me, I have to be honest with you, it's the double barrel BSOJ for me because again, I don't know if it's the older age I get I don't like a lot of sweet stuff and this double barrel is a great balance. The Pappy and the Apple Bear brandy was a little bit on the sweeter side. <laughs> it's good, but it's still a little bit too sweet for me. But that double barrel is that perfect blend. There was, um, uh, my shift gap was on draft. Okay. That was uh, cognac barrels. It was a barley that. wine and cognac barrels. And then there were these two, and then there were the variants, right? The sanctuary stuff, right? Okay. I tell you something, man, but when you drink the, um, you have all those beers, and you drink the double barrel VSOJ, you know you're drinking double barrel VSOJ. Mm -hmm. These other beers, I'm not going to say they all taste the same. I think they have similar notes. It's hard to tell the difference. You know, like, you know, there's like, oh, there's a little more oak here. There's a little more sweetness here. When you drink DBVSOJ, it does all these different things. And you don't have to, if, they, if you had all the cups in a row and you drank that one, you kind of know 
it's just different from the other ones. It's just really? a, a lot more layered than the other mm. ones. I think that was okay. that was noticeable today after having like maybe three or four variants. You know, real quick, man, a pretty cool uh antidote with uh with Josh Deeth. He was saying that um I told him, I'm like, this this uh uh, double barrel and the original VSOJ. I'm like, I haven't had this kind of high from Rev since the first VSOJ. And he was like, you know, the first VSOJ was a mistake. Yeah, that's um, what he told me as well. And I'm like, what are you talking about? He's like, well, um, it was Snowmageddon and they had an issue with the with the uh, fermentation. So okay. they couldn't ferment it the way they wanted to. So it got, it got super sweet and it got stuck at 10%. And he's like, what do we do? He's like, when we fix the fermentation, do we keep going? Do we ferment it? Or do we take it out now? It's already at 10%. And they're like, but it's super sweet. So he's like, well, fuck it, take it out, put it in the barrels. And then that was the original VSOJ. But they didn't intend for that profile. Interesting. Okay. You know, I didn't and I, I didn't know that story until today. So that was cool. And these are full, the double barreling is actual same time in the barrels where you have the old Fitzgerald here, which was a double barrel, but it was sort of like a weird blend of. It was like four blends. I think it was like 40% of it. Was, was a double barrel. Exactly. And this is a hundred percent double. That's a fair. This is these are fair questions, and yeah. that's that's why I miss Rev hosting their calls because, shit, we've been pounding beers all day. Like I have no fucking idea what's in double barrel. Now, when I walked around and asked people, like, "Hey, have you had the Goose Olfits?" and they'll say yes, and I asked them, "What's your favorite?" And they'll say the Revolution hands down. Now, Olfits is good for Goose. It is. It's great for Goose. But is it going to compare to what Revolution is doing? That's the real question, and a lot of people are saying no. Hmm. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if it's uh, how long it's been in two barrels. I don't know because double barrel implies that we have a beer it aged a year in a bourbon barrel, and then we put it in another barrel to get more bourbon character and to increase the ABV. In, in some or cases, or it could be we blended two barrels together. It's on the box. Technically, so it right? No, yeah, that's goose. Yeah, but yeah, but what about Rev's version? That's true. Let's see. I'm gonna take my driving glasses off here and see if I can read. See if I can read this shit. <laughs> I've got, got the driving glasses. I don't know. But if this is this hot beer and everyone wants it and you can't get it, does the old fits like just as good in that sense? It's like the oh, the Westy Twelve kind of thing where it's like. Oh, Westy 12 is great, but you can get rushed for 10, and it's, like, just as good for half the price. That's the question. And, again, this is the masses that when I was asking people at Rev, they were saying that they had to pick. They would pick Rev because it wasn't But that's variable. if you have, yeah. If, you, no, if, if you're given both of them, like, no, in a, on a... But what I was saying is that they were saying that it wasn't comparable. Like, they were saying comparable. that Goose Office was good for it to be... Goose, but however, it wasn't comparable to it. Again, that's what people when I was looking around getting my videos, and that's what they were saying. I'll take Fader over all this bullshit. <laughs> you lie. <laughs> long, long live, long live Fader. Premium, Fader is fading away. Premium lager beer, mother, Far motherfucker. Fading away. Far and fading away. Okay. You've been Damn. drinking a lot. <laughs> all right. Well, that was a crazy uh, back to back for you two. Uh, any other stops or anything you hit up? Um. Oh man! Shout out to uh, the aforementioned Goose Island. They had a collaboration with Black Calder Brewing. Oh, um, it was uh, somebody's uh, pecan stout. Okay, so it was a big brown pecan <laughs> stout. Big. So it was a collaboration between 
Sam Ross, who is the black brewer at Goose Island and Black Holder. Why can't he just and be a so, brewer? Like uh, look, because we have to highlight that, okay? Okay. Um, okay. <laughs> and it's so funny because they have stout in the name, but it's actually a brown ale. Okay. Yeah. A brown ale. You talk to Sam, it's a brown ale that they blended with some doppelbark. But they call it a stout. No, it, oh. well, yeah, it's called a stout. It's called a stout in the name, yeah, but it's actually a brown ale. Yeah, because it's like twelve point four percent. Okay. So, yeah. uh, so shout out to Black Harder. Um, I've always really enjoyed their beers. Um, everything that I've had, they have, there's this one beer that I had that Terry uses his grandmother in some in a church hat and and some Jordans. <laughs> yeah. So it got a conversation going about you know a mixed four pack and dedicating it to. All the levels oh, yeah. of people who enter a church. You know? So we were in conversation. I was like, "Look, you guys need to do a peach cobbler stout, okay? And then you need to call it. Can I get an amen? You need to center it around the whole black church theme and call it a day." Hmm. All right. Yeah. It was. Um. I was excited because it, it was a twelve and a half percent stout. You know, in, in air quotes. Oh, but it wasn't the Bourbon County recipe. You know, we got to enjoy goose and we got to enjoy a stout that wasn't BCS. And then it used Blanton's barrels. Okay. So we got to, uh, you know, we smuggled in a Blanton's gold and took some pictures with the, you know, the source whiskey next to the, the beer. That was fun. And then um, I think uh, what the brewer from Goose, Sam, was saying that, uh, you know, the Black Calder guys wanted to use brown sugar. But uh, Sam was like, no, let's use a more expensive ingredient, like the uh, Pelincillo, the Mexican dessert sugar. Okay. Which is a little pricier and a little earthier. And Since AB is paying. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> it's on your time and your time. Yeah. And then, um, so they brewed it on the pilot system okay. at, uh, at Goose. Okay. Yeah. So not to be confused with the giant system because they're making a ton of fucking beers at yeah. Goose Island. Yeah. yeah. Speaking of the pilot, we forgot to mention the pilot system at Half Acre right. that they recently installed. Yeah. So they're going to play with different yeast strains. And I think we asked Katie... Like, hey, did this, what's the history here? Did this pilot system come from somewhere else? So like, no, we ordered it straight from the factory. Okay. But yeah, I think they have like a, I don't know, seven barrel system and they're playing around with stuff because, you know, they're on a 30 barrel system. So they're doing like a few thousand gallons of beer at a time yeah. when they ferment, you know. Mm -hmm. And um, this, this gives them a chance to just be a little more nimble. Yeah. yeah. I love for Half Acre on this show knows no boundaries. <laughs> you know? Half Acre um, is cool. So I really enjoy those I had myself a good. I had myself a good old time. I did too. Half Acre. That was a good time, yeah. You know, um, I think Brad was like, you know, we were talking. We oh, so we're drinking uh, Green Torch and we're drinking Waybird while we got there. We drank Fuzz Country, and we're just like, listen, these beers are great. Let's get something a little heavier for one round, and let's get the fuck out of here. End up being two rounds. So I asked Brad, I'm like, yo, Brad, do we go World of Bog, which is the uh, Balcones barrel aged barley wine, or do we go benthic? And Brad's like, oh, you gotta go benthic. I, I was with Brad. <laughs> I was like, you just, we were just here and you had nitro bog. Yeah. And I think I have a bog in the fridge yeah. and I would, I don't have any benthic. So that's true. So, wait, which, which was the first benthic that you put? The out? first benthic was called the sunken, I believe it was called sunken treasure or sunken the voyage. Ghost. Sunken, sunken ghost. ghost. So, it was an extended age, two year benthic. Okay. Right. So benthic on its own is uh, coconut coffee imperial yeah. stout. Okay. Yeah. And the second one was the cherry, which I really did enjoy because yeah. of the fact we all know that cherry beers can either taste like cough medicine or it can be too sweet. Mm -hmm. And this was neither of that. 
Yeah. yeah, it was more of the tart cherry. Exactly. Yeah, it was almost like a chocolate cover. Yes, it was like gorgeous. a dark, you know, like that dark covered chocolate cherry candy where it's not, you know, it's very well balanced. That's delicious. what I'm really enjoying. And, and you know, my favorite uh, lever that they pull on Benthic is like, um, the base Benthic is, you know, uh, coffee, coconut, imperial stout. Okay. But when they go vanilla, they pull the coffee out so you can taste the vanilla. And when they go cherry brandy, they pull the other ingredients out so you can really focus on. Interesting. You know what I mean? Cool. Like, it's not coffee, coconut on every variant. Yeah. They switch it up. I, and I, I appreciate that. Awesome. Yeah, so. Okay. Nice. Uh, well, I, last week we were drinking the beer for lounging from Off Color, and I mentioned they were doing a beer with uh, the, uh, a restaurant. I couldn't yeah. think of it, but they yeah. were doing it with the, the dumpling place in Chinatown, yeah. the famous dumpling place. And it's called Sai Fang. Sai, that's how you say that? Yeah. I believe so. And it's a black tea uh, beer. Yeah. Really? And it was great. I went to the dumpling place over the weekend just to get this beer, and it was great. What's your go-to, uh, what's your go-to dumpling when you go to this kind of place? Which, which kind? Yeah, what, what, what dumplings are you getting? Um, that day we got the lamb and coriander. Okay. We got uh, chicken and... Dill, which was I think the best chicken one. Dill, yeah, that was that was really good. Uh, another chicken and mushroom. Chicken and mushroom was really good. Um, then we got a couple other ones too that I'm. For, oh, we got onion and beef. We've got fried on that one, and a, a vegetarian one. We got fried. I saw these pictures and I'm like, this is the restaurant. Fucking Brad was talking about last week. It was an Asian joint. Yeah. Okay. It was yeah. great. But I was also, I went for that beer, and then since I'm over that way, I decided to go to Mars. Mm. Even though we got the Mars over here in Logan Square. The community of the future. Right. But I went down to the, the Bridgeport one. Right on. I wasn't. It's been a while since I've been there. It was packed. The amount of bikes like parked outside <laughs> was kind of nuts. And so it was busy. It was happening. They love their glassware there. Every beer has its own glass different design on it so you can just go through a couple beers and have photos like all day yeah. so that was yeah. that was great had a wild ale i think i had a hazy uh mave got a i think a a cocktail or something because you she know got. they're making us they're making spirits now yeah oh she got a cbd seltzer that's yeah. what she got okay. they got a lot of range man they're yeah, doing they're, seltzers they're doing uh coffee they're doing coffee they're doing beer they're doing um they're doing bourbon. Cocktail. Yeah, cocktail. They're doing vodka. They're doing bourbon? Yeah. Okay, they source, I think they sourced from 18th Street for their bourbon. <sighs> and they had a burger there that looked pretty good, but I was going to get dumplings, so I couldn't yeah. get this burger. I love now, the, now I want to try the dumplings. Yeah, the dumpling right. place. Sounds the, pretty that's good. That's the best. Well, I think we should go this weekend try dumplings. QXY, right? QXY. Yeah, I'm going to hit that photo and see where the fuck it is. I'm not against it. I like a nice dumpling. You know? Yeah. They're fun to look at. They're fun to pop, you know? And then they got this fucking fancy. So the beer, you can only get it at this fucking dumpling place? Or what's going on there? I think the uh, half acre or the off-color person said beef there for the next couple of weeks. Mm -hmm. I think it's like limited there. And then it's going to be everywhere, I think. Okay. So. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I can appreciate off-color for doing stuff like that. Yeah. And that was great. And us not drinking off-color very often. And yeah. then being like... We did beer for lounging, which I loved, and then the Saifeng, and it was beer like, oh. Beer for dealing with family was like my favorite. Okay. There was somebody with a red hat on the um, logo. Yeah. It was like, it was like the perfect beer. Like, <laughs> it's like a 
twelve percent. Although Predator Noir is like right up there as well. That beer for lounging was great. My my all time favorite uh, off color beer is uh, Fox in the Snow. Okay. Yeah, I like that. That's my jam. Yeah. Although when when we went and we did that bottle share and they sent us um, what like the various beers, I it was. Fun just kind of going through that mixed pack because I, th- I think the best thing they could have done was um, make their uh, the size of their bottles smaller. They're like they're glass bottles, but it's like a two seventy five. Yeah, oh, you know, okay. it's not a full. What do you call it? Seven fifty. So like the, I got old Baladin or a Baladin bottle. Yeah, that's exactly. exactly. That's exactly what it is. That's exactly, okay, yeah, it's that size. Yeah. All so, right, nice. Um, so yeah, I'm glad I stepped in at Mars. It was either that or Junior, and I was like, oh, I'll do Mars again. And I noticed, looking at their beer, uh, I mentioned this last night, T2, that the prices feel like they have come down. I always kind of was like, Mars beer is way too expensive. Jungle Boogie is a four-pack for, like, fucking damn near $20. Right, but I noticed everything was about $14 to $16 for a four-pack. And that could have just been at the brewery, but knowing that they're not supposed to have cheaper prices than the store was like, oh, are the stores upping this now on them, or... Did they actually lower their prices where everyone else is kind of raising their prices? I don't know if we're like, are we frugal or do are we really just like, or or is beer too expensive? I, I can never tell I mean, if it's me, I, am I cheap or do the no, beer cost too much? I don't know. I think where we're at, first of all, okay, so we got to look at someone as who shops for, for the household. We're at the point where eggs is costing more than beer. And I think breweries are starting to take notice of that. Like, okay, are we going to really price our beer more than it costs? to get groceries. So I've noticed across the board that breweries are starting to come down a little bit because they want to stay competitive because they don't want to feel like, hey, people are having to choose between getting groceries or beer. So it's like, okay, you want to keep in line with what's going on. So they, they're going to have to come up, up those prices if they want to stay in the market. It's intense. And then, you know, the grocery thing is, is very right. emotional. But then some people are just going to tap out and just go into another uh, But even category. like his tour, it was like in the pandemic, Gary Gully said they the ingredients were costing more, so they needed to raise the price. But if they raise their beer a dollar, it's $3 to you by the time it gets there because they raise it a dollar, the distributor raises it a dollar, and then the store raises a dollar. So he's like, I that's... I don't want my beer to be that much more. Yeah. So it becomes like a, like it's a game. Interesting. I'm, yeah. Yeah. What do you do? You keep it the same price and just hope people come to you to get it maybe? I don't know. You can't keep it the same price because now you're going you're gonna to get to the point where people are not going to buy. Oh, because it's cheaper? I mean, because it's more expensive. So you have to come down at some point. You have to realize, hey, we're hitting a threshold where people are not going to buy our beer. It's between getting groceries or it's getting beer. And I mean, you know, if you got that, you got a family to feed, you're going to choose groceries, right? Unless you're an alcoholic. And then I you're mean, gone. Like, right. <laughs> no, we're, we're talking about, we're talking about dry January. It's a lot I mean, of alcoholics what's, what's out here. It's dry January. I'm just saying. But it's for alcoholics. Beer, <laughs> beer's liquid. It's liquid bread. You know, I just didn't get that loaf of bread and I got the six pack. Got yeah, deli meat and a beer. That's a Murray, sandwich. Now in competition, not with them, with each other, but they're in competition with the groceries. Right. Everything, everything is more expensive. I do agree with that. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I'm not, I'm not mad at anybody raising their price. It's it's, it's a lot of pressure. Don't say that out loud because it, it's, okay, it's okay to raise their price. But it's a lot of pressure. You, everyone has to raise their price because they have to. 
but it puts a lot of pressure on the consumer, you know. But we were talking the Goose Island beers that we're seeing a lot of sales on those because there's a lot of beer. You were saying that Fulton brews Bourbon County more I than any I other beer. I was kind of surprised that they're brewing that the most. Wait, so know? how much is this beer going for in the store? Because I was talking to Matt. This one? Yeah. Uh, Old Fitz, uh, two-year barley wine. I think that's a forty dollar bill. Thirty forty. Yeah. Okay. And then, so, so it's probably down to like twenty nine. It's now. very possible. Yeah. At some possible. point, somebody said I. Someone said that they signed it for sixty, and I was like, "That's that's a tap out point. A tap out point." Because for me, if I'm going to pay sixty dollars, I'm going to pay for a bourbon and call it a day. Well, that's Miska's charging sixty. Fucking Miska. I was talking to somebody say they saw somewhere mm-hmm. for eighty, and I'm like, you. You know the uh, the old Loose Keys studio was like maybe three four doors down from Miska's. And Mis- I remember that. Miska's is this crazy liquor store that also had a bar. So sometimes I would get there super early and I would go to Miska's and get like a fucking Alpha King for four dollars. For some reason, this Alpha King was four dollars. But if you got anything else, this shit was like fourteen dollars. They were. They're like, look, we're gonna charge you and you're gonna pay for it. Call it. I was like, yo, I was like, let me get gumbo head. She was like, it's fourteen dollars. I was like, whoa, hold on. Okay, I'll take that Alpha King for gumbo. <laughs> it was it was so funny, man. But yeah, That's crazy. Um, yeah. Crazy. Uh, so faders going away, and then also in the news was uh, Fat Tire is changing the recipe and changing the design. Now Fat Tire, yeah. I feel like it was an amber ale yeah. in the uh-huh. beginning, right? Yeah. I don't know what it changed to. Um, it's now like a, uh, I think it's like more of a crisp lager. Uh, pale, like a crisp pale, I believe it was. So, which is interesting because just the other day I put on my <laughs> Twitter about beers that I brewed for uh, to be marketed versus beer versus quantity, uh, quality. And that I've had a few people to chime in about the new fat tire release. And it's like, hey, I feel like this is being beer to be marketed versus quality. But Fat Tire You're talking about New Belgium? Hey, but they're like a top four brewer in the country. I know. I was just saying, but I've had some people chime in. So, I mean, you can always go to the post on Afro Beer Chicken. You'll see it. But, yeah, Mm. people's like, hey, this is being brewed to be marketed, not quality. Well, I think the quality is there, but the marketing was probably like, we're not selling as much of this beer. So, we we need to, like, people, who's brewing an amber ale that you're buying on the regular so they're probably like okay we're gonna change this up and have a keep the name the flagship name because everyone thinks fat tire is the brewery no one even knows it's new belgium most people honestly (laughs) at this point even their festival i think might be called fat tire the little circus yeah the circus they do in the summer i think honestly i mean it goes back to what we were saying earlier no matter what's going on Breweries are in competition with groceries, so it's like we're gonna find a lot of breweries trying to do what ne- what needs to be done to keep up with the trend and to keep up with the the popularity. Because again, to keep their names out there, to keep the doors open, because they're trying to compete with the rising cost of living. So I mean, we're gonna find some breweries that's like some sucky ass breweries that's gonna 
rebrand. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if Finch come back again, again for the fact that the fifteenth million. The times. mighty Finch beer company. But I don't. I feel like you're saying that New Belgium's a sucky ass brewery that's trying saying, to like no. make money on people. Well, New Belgium, I, I think. Um, no, I'm not saying that at all. <laughs> not saying that at all. <laughs> no, no, no. Uh, whoever bought New Belgium, right? Um, I want to say it was Karen. Yeah. But anyway, uh, New Belgium is basically managing Bells, right? Because yeah. Bells sold yeah. to Karen, but it's managed through New and Belgium. And they have Bells as Ambre Ale, right? Yeah. So I think Bells, as like a top four brewer in the country, was like, we need, like, we don't want to kill Fader, or in, in Revolution's case, we don't want to kill Ghost Ride, the Kolsch. And, and instead of killing it, what do we do? It's like, oh, well, we, we, we spruce it up with a new fucking. They're going to do what needs to be done to keep up with the trend. That's what well, I'm saying. It's, it's like it's, and here's the thing: is that a necessarily a good thing? Because when you start keeping up with trends, that doesn't mean that the quality is going to be there. It just means you're trying to keep up with the trend. Well, there's a ton of good. I understand what you're saying. I think there's a ton of good beer on the market that just doesn't sell for whatever reason. It just mm-hmm. doesn't resonate with people. That doesn't mean it's not good. It's just that hey, this this company and this image doesn't resonate with me, so I'm not going to buy it. Because the level of good beer is just kind of here, and everyone's making good beer. And good beer, is, some good beers are delicious, and they're just not going to sell. But the Ambriel, the Fat Tire Ambriel, is a, was a good beer. Yeah, it was. But, but they probably weren't selling it. Uh, yeah. I mean, not because it wasn't good. I think that's what I'm saying. Not because it wasn't good. It's just that it was just kind of not interesting and didn't connect with people like it no, used to. That I maybe. Think, I think that's what I'm saying. Honestly, I don't even think it's that. I don't think it wasn't because it wasn't good, because it was a really good beer. I think again, we're just they're just caught up in a, uh, at the time of living, of cost of living. A lot of a lot of breweries are getting ready to take a hit because again, people are going to have to figure out, hey, do I want this beer or do I need groceries? That's but if they want, if they're worried about cost, they wouldn't have also spent the time to redesign all the packaging, all the marketing around it. I mean, that's that's a lot of money to spend on that. If they were just trying to. Be like, we're trying to save money. They would have just put a new recipe in the old fat tire bottle and just That's cu- true. kicked it out. Unless, again, you're trying to keep the attention of the consumers. I, it's a, I, that marketing trend is like, okay, we need to do, we need to figure out what's going to keep and get the attention of the consumers so we can stay relevant in this industry. And that means that we have to spend more money on marketing to get our beer out there, then it's like at some point they're gonna to have to realize, hey, we're gonna to have to take a hit. And then you're gonna find a lot of breweries that's gonna realize they're gonna to have to figure out where they can take this hit. You know what I'm saying? And it's and it's not necessarily fair, but with every with the way everything is going up, someone is gonna take a hit somewhere. But it's not going up. I'm it's really not you. going up. It shouldn't be going up. People are charging more for the Goods that cost exactly the same on their end, so I'm more partial no... to the sours from yeah, New Belgium. F10, F12. These are going up because they're charging more. Yeah. They're not actually. It's not costing that much more to make the beer and right. ship beer, or any of the food. The eggs are a different story because there's other factors there. But it's going up because of green. Plain as all you. Right. I mean, right. So the marketing, like of course, beer was always marketing. Like that's the whole point. You didn't even have to make good beer. You just had to market beer. That's so always this, been the case. This might be New Belgium is not independent anymore. New Belgium is owned by the Koreans or Japanese, Japanese. or wh- whoever the yeah. fuck. Yeah. This, this whole recipe and can change might be 
from their parent company. Yeah, it's hard like for that. us to gauge this because we don't. I do not drink non-Chicago beer. Yeah. Almost ever, so I can't even tell you the last time I've even seen Fat Tire in the store, um, in the bar. Uh, there's also like um, Number Nine, like Magic Number Nine. I haven't seen that in years, and that was Amber Ale. And so it's like. I don't know. We we are in a weird spot where Chicago beers are the focus, and you're gonna drink. So what's happening out in Colorado? That's is... an interesting point because you know we as locals we're gonna support our beer first, regardless of marketing. I don't give a damn if you have like the top marketing budget versus like a zero marketing budget. We go on what we know as our local right. beer. So yeah, that is that's a very good point. Yeah. So. People who are upset haven't been drinking their beer for very long. Haven't been drinking their beer in a long time just because you haven't seen it, and you've probably been drinking other people's beer. That's so, true. if you're in Colorado and you're upset, then I can understand that. <laughs> so that, that is so true. <laughs> otherwise, uh, don't worry about it and drink your local amber ale. <laughs> All right. Anything else then before we get out of here? Or before we record a video and open this double barrel, that's probably what we're gonna do, right? Um, you know, shout out to Black Alder, shout out to Goose Island, because they are your rich, drunk uncle, and they could have had anybody in there, but they had a super small crew from Grand Rapids, Michigan, that, um, you know, if you look at their Twitter numbers or how long they've been in business, they had no business brewing a beer on a, that. With, with Goose Island. <laughs> but they, but you know, but Goose, but Goose is good people, and the beer is good, so I encourage everybody to go over there and get a pint. I will say this, that's the one thing I do appreciate about Goose. You know, I know people say, oh, they're a big beer, they're AB and Val. I get it. But when they always reach back to the smaller breweries and say, hey, let me help you. And they do it without the so-called notoriety. So I do appreciate yeah, that. They trade off. Um, the, the, the younger breweries ask Goose things like, how do I make a stout? And then Goose is asking them, well, how the fuck did you make this IPA so juicy? You know what I mean? Like, it, there's a there's a synergy there. And I can appreciate that from the 40-year-old brewery and the one, the three-year-old yeah. brewery. Well, they still they also, on the marketing side, they got to make sure the beer people still like them. And they, gotta, they, yeah. they don't seem out of touch. Yeah, they got <laughs> yeah, to keep their ear to the street, as, they, as the kids say. It's in the ground. <laughs> All right, so that that's gonna do it. Uh, Afro Beer Chick, where can people find you? On all the social medias at Afro Beer Chick, or you can check check me out at AfroBeerChick.com. What about you, uh, Saint Nicholas? Hey man, um, <laughs> Saint Nicholas, and you, can, you can catch me on the uh, Saint Bernardus uh, beer label, or you can catch me. What? <laughs> or you can catch me on Twitter at Nicosio. And I'm on Twitter at BRAD, Chicago Beer Pass, uh, all the things, ChicagoBeerPass.com. Episodes there, and we'll be back. Uh, not with Fader, but with something else. Because it's fading away. <laughs> Cheers. Cheers. I have changed your lives. <laughs> <laughs>